G'day, welcome to Partaker's Podcast. Come and listen. Over the next few podcasts, we are going to look together at the Lord's Prayer. This prayer is perhaps the most repeated prayer. It is said by those professing to be Christians and also by those who are not. It's usually called the Lord's Prayer. However, it's not called the Lord's Prayer because Jesus himself would have prayed it. Jesus was sinless, as we know, and therefore he would have had no need to have said to God, forgive us our sins. It's called the Lord's Prayer because it was given by Jesus as a model for all prayers by those who are following him. Hence Jesus saying, how you should pray. Some people suggest the name, it could be called the Disciples' Prayer, as it is only as we enter into a life of discipleship of Jesus Christ that we can fully start to appreciate its depth and meaning. Here is what one of the greats of the church history had to say about the Lord's Prayer, Martin Luther. And we take it from his little book, A Simple Way to Pray. And remember, this is written in the 16th century. To this day, I feed at the Lord's Prayer like a child with its mother, and as an old man eat and drink from it and never get my fill. It is the very best prayer, even better than the Psalms, which is so very dear to me. It is surely evident that a real master composed and taught it. What a great pity that the prayer of such a master is prattled and chattered so irreverently all over the world. How many pray the Lord's Prayer several thousand times in the course of a year? And if they were to keep on doing so for a thousand years, they would not have tasted nor prayed one iota, one dot of it. In a word, the Lord's Prayer is the greatest master on earth, as are the name and word of God. Everybody tortures and abuses it. Few take comfort and joy in its proper use. Strong words, I'm sure that you would agree. And so with those words fresh in our mind, let's take a look together, albeit briefly, on each line of this prayer and see what we can discover together as we explore. Discover about God, discover about ourselves, and discover about prayer. So we start, Our Father in Heaven. Jesus starts off by calling out to God as Father or Daddy. Of course, this was Jesus' own approach to God. Jesus alone had that intimacy and relationship with God as his dear Father. This kind of approach to God was pretty much unheard of and unknown at the time, although in the Psalms David does refer to God as his Father occasionally. But it is not just Jesus who can approach God on such intimate and personal terms. He says that all people can. And we can approach as individuals, but we see that it is also together that we go as a family. Hence the word, our. So how is God Father? The defining function of God the Father is that he is the Almighty who intervenes, sustains and provides for all things. He is the perfect Father. And by calling God Father, this implies that God is in a personal relationship with the person. God is not impersonal, but wants to be approached intimately, just as a child approaches its daddy. It's also significant because by calling God our Father, 
we should realize that we are not alone in our approach, but are part of a wider church family. Isn't it so easy to forget that? For the Christian, God is Father because Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And we as Christians have been adopted as heirs and as children by God. And what's more, we cannot ever be separated from the love of God. Isn't that just amazing? God is our Father only because Jesus was the Son of God and claimed us by his death on the cross to be his brothers and sisters. And because of this, we have new life and a new family and God the Father, as I said, is a perfect Father. It's also significant because by calling God our Father as Christians, and as I've said just before, we should realize and remember that we are not alone, but that we are part of a wider church family as we pray. Again, hence that three-letter word, our. But it's so easy to forget, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who does. Hallowed be your name. Hallowed means honor as holy or to revere highly. Holy is what God is. And what do we mean by that? The holiness of God is the moral excellence and perfection of God in all his way. He is worthy of our reverence, praise and awe. He is to be hallowed. And when we pray this, we are saying that God is holy and it is symbolic of our intimate adoration of him as our heavenly father. It means that we are to place God and his purposes at the very top of our list. God is and wants to be our number one priority in all aspects of life and the world. God's glory, God's kingdom and his will are to be our supreme concern. High above our own needs. Does that define your relationship with God? The Christian is to partake of the Father's nature. As a Christian, you are declared holy because of what Jesus did on the cross breaking the barrier between God and humanity. Therefore, we as Christians are declared holy and therefore we are to live a life worthy of following God and showing a hallowed God. As a Christian, the Holy Spirit is transforming us, transforming you and I into the very image of the Holy One, Jesus. As Christians, we are to live out our faith in holiness. We can ask the Holy Spirit to help us and he will sometimes in the most amazing ways. Is that your testimony? That's it for today. Come back every day to www.partakers.co.uk where there is something uploaded to help you as a Christian disciple, wherever you are in this world, to live for Jesus Christ. Our books are also available on our Amazon site at www pulptheology.com See you later.